They say that the building blocks for a successful football team are quarterback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, pass rusher, and corner. We're going to look at how that stacks up for the Gators now and in the future, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports. And find their YouTube channel, by the way. We're gonna we're gonna get into stuff. I'm just letting you know that. And giantscountryofsi.com. And before getting into today's content, just yes, you like, subscribe, comment, review. Let me know what you think of the show, how I can make it better, how I can make it worse, if that's what you want to do. Whatever, whatever you want. I'm, I'm open to suggestions. Today we're talking about the building blocks of a successful football team. Because when you talk about what the building blocks are, and you ask pretty much anybody, and you and you look around most places. There are a lot of combinations that are kind of the same thing. You look at quarterback is obvious. Wide receiver is one that people say or don't say. Personally, I'm not a you need a wide receiver guy, but a lot of people say it. So we're including wide receiver here. Offensive tackle, pass rusher. A lot of people say edge rusher or interior rusher. Just a pass rusher for me is fine. And cornerback. A lot of people say defensive back, but corner is to me at least more important here. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about who the Gators currently have on roster for 2022, who the Gators have on roster that will still be here in 2023. And then we'll look at some commits and see how Billy Napier and his coaching staff have addressed this. First up, looking at quarterback, it's obvious that we're going to talk about Anthony Richardson with this one. Um, He is the guy that we've been talking about for, I mean, over a year now, they've been saying he's going to be the future. He's going to be the future. And well, now he's the present. So we'll see what happens. And again, you know, and I even just spoke about this in the comments of yesterday's video with uh, with Cousin Eddie, who we love. But uh, he was saying that and I was saying, sorry, that, you know, people think that Anthony Richardson is going to be this Heisman caliber player this year. And that might be true. There are also people who think he's going to be terrible this year. And that might be true. But again, it's more likely that he falls somewhere in the middle, which will mean that the people that think he's going to be terrible, which is the minority, will think, okay, he outperformed my expectations. And the people that think he's going to be amazing will say, oh, he's not going to be a good quarterback. It's similar to Emory Jones last year. You know, I get it. A lot of people wanted Anthony Richardson, but a lot of people were also saying, you know, Emory could have a Heisman caliber year. And then he didn't. And he wasn't awful. I refuse to say that Emory Jones was a very bad quarterback, especially when you consider what else is out there in college. But he didn't live up to expectations, and people faulted him more for that. And that's just, one, that's stupid. Sorry. But two, it's just not the way things should go. But quarterback, the Florida Gators have their guy that they at least think will be the answer. And that's the important part that we're talking about here. People we think will be the answer if they're not already proven. And then receiver. You've got, I mean, three guys that you could really toss in there, maybe four if you want to do it, but Justin Shorter is the primary receiver that we're talking about. He's normally the number one guy, if he's thought of as the number one guy. But then there's also Xavier Henderson, who 
was a highly touted uh, recruit when he was coming out, and people have had insane expectations for him, which he has not lived up to. And there's no other way to put that, by the way. He's just, that's the fact. He has not lived up to the hype that people place on him coming out of high school. Ricky Pearsall is another one who, by the way, Ricky Pearsall wearing number one, which uh, if you didn't see my tweet from yesterday, that means that if Brenton Cox also wears number one this year again, then the Florida Gators, two players wearing number one will be transfer players, which, you know, there's no significance to that. I just think it's pretty cool. There's also Trent Whitmore you could talk about as receiver, but again, I, I don't think it'll be Trent Whitmore. Um, I think it's more likely to be Ricky Pearsall than Trent Whitmore, just because Ricky is so dynamic with the ball in his hands that I think that he creates kind of more of a threat. And, uh, you know, we were talking about being a dynamic playmaker what was it, on Wednesday's episode with John Garcia, and he was talking about Eugene Wilson III, and he was just like, if you're a little undersized, you have to offer that extra something. And Ricky Pearsall offers that extra dynamic playmaking ability, which Eugene Wilson III also offers, which is who we were talking about at that time. So receiver, there's multiple guys that could be the guy. But the reason that I think you know receiver shouldn't be a building block position is because it's great to have the guy. It's great to have Julio and Calvin Johnson and, and Randy Moss and all these elite players, which obviously they change everything. But also, if you just have a solid, deep receiving group, you can kind of just spread the ball out and kind of take advantage of not so deep corner groups and defensive back groups. So I think receiver is one that you can kind of supplement for. Um, but like, it's not like QB or tackle or pass rusher or corner where you like, I think you need those. I don't think you need a wide receiver one that's like an alpha dog type. Offensive lineman, offensive tackle. Richard Garage is the person that I put. Florida right now is just in a weird spot where, you know, there's an offensive line that last year wasn't great, but this year we're expecting much more from. Rob Sale has been here. Billy Napier has been here. So they've been working with these offensive linemen who had the tools, just didn't have the development. So Richard Garage is the guy that we're hoping can be that this year, but that that's one of those things where we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not going to pencil him in as OT one, but the NFL draft community likes what they've seen from him so far, but he needs a lot of refinement and hopefully he's getting that with Rob sale with Billy Napier with Stapleton. And I just, with this coaching staff that will put an emphasis on offensive line play. And as for the people concerned about offensive line recruiting, I get it because you look at Rob sale, Stapleton, Billy Napier. It's like, we have a lot of guys that care about the offensive line, why can't we recruit well? Because Florida historically has not been fantastic with getting offensive linemen to the NFL and being successful in the NFL compared to other SEC schools like Georgia, like Alabama, and even some ACC schools like Miami has done it more recently than Florida has done, put a successful offensive lineman out there. So yeah, it's going to be a little hard, but give it a season and watch Florida's offensive line play this year. And if they play significantly improved compared to last year, Recruits will care, and recruits will start wanting to play for this coaching staff. Defensively, there's pass rusher, which is interior or edge. Florida has a guy at both of those spots. They have an interior rusher in Gravon Dexter. They have an exterior edge rusher in Brenton Cox Jr. So Florida with pass rush is there, and Florida is almost always there with pass rush. So, I mean, they're set for this year, and I think for the future, but they're set for this year for sure with pass rushers. And that, that's not a concern. And then looking at corner, corner's an interesting one because, I mean, this is 
an, an age-old debate at this point where we've got Jason Marshall Jr. I am very high on Avery Helm. He was incredibly productive last year, incredibly successful last year. I don't I don't know where the the hate and judginess comes from. It, it's, again, like the second I'm saying, it's, it's stupid, but it's what fans are doing where you can't just go, oh, we have two great corners. You have to pick one. It makes no sense. you got Jason Marshall Jr., you've got Avery Helm, and they're great. You've got so many guys in that corner group, Jaden Hill, Jalen Kimber, you got a lot of guys, Devin Moore, Pouncey. You, you've got a lot of people there that can play that corner role this year. I think it'll be Jason Marshall Jr. or Avery Helm. More likely that it'll be Jason Marshall Jr. Um, but Avery Helm is another guy where he, he's just going to keep climbing and he's going to keep getting better. And eventually the Gators fan base will accept that he is a very talented cornerback at the college level, at the SEC level, and with an NFL future, I think so. But we're about to take a look at 2023, who's going to be on, who is already on roster for 2023 that could fill those spots. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because it's been a common discussion lately about whether or not the Florida Gators will win six games, seven games. I was in the spaces yesterday, and a lot of people were like eight games, nine games, ten and two, and they were going for win totals like that. And PFF said six point three, which is basically six and a half. But if you think the Florida Gators will win six games or seven games or more than seven or less than six, check out BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using it for years. I'll vouch for it. I don't care. It's great. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Now we, we spoke last segment about players who could be the uh, the the building blocks, I guess. We'll we'll call them building blocks, the building blocks for the 2022 season for the Florida Gators. But who is on roster right now that could be the guy at those positions for 2023? Quarterback is a fun one to talk about because like I mentioned last segment, and like we've spoken about a lot this week, especially, but also in recent weeks and months. Anthony Richardson is a player where a lot of people have Heisman hopes for him this season. And, you know, uh, PFF, Pro Football Network, and everybody and their mother is projecting Anthony Richardson to be a first-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. And I'm not saying that's not going to happen. What I am saying is that I don't think this year is going to be a Heisman-caliber season for Anthony Richardson maybe he comes back for 2023. So I think you have to I think you have to start considering him as an option for 2023. I don't think you could overlook that. Uh, I think that's foolish to do that actually. So Anthony Richardson should be an option on this list. There's also Jack Miller the 3rd who came in to compete with Anthony Richardson for that starting spot this year. I mean, so far he's lost badly. But again, a lot of that is that Anthony Richardson looks much improved than he did from last year, so there's that. And there's also Max Brown as a guy that I've said that I really like after watching his tape. And John Garcia said he really likes him, but he didn't have a great junior year. He had a phenomenal senior year, but junior year is what matters more for recruiting. So he didn't, he didn't get that bump to a four-star or anything, but he's a freshman this year. He will be on roster next year. Could be a could be a competitor for next year. And then looking at receiver, you've got Ricky Pearsall again. Maybe Xavier Henderson again. Trent Whitmore, I would be more inclined to say for 2023 than 2022. Um, primarily because I don't think Dan Mullen used him properly. I think he gave him too condensed of a route tree, and that hurt Trent Whitmore's development. But with Colbert this year, 
maybe Trent Woodmore can can develop more. But uh, yeah, I, I will say that 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 was one of my issues with Trent Woodmore. Is just we haven't seen him run a fully expanded route tree, and that's not his fault. It's just the reason that I'm not willing to crown him right now is because of that. But I am very happy with what he does once he catches the ball. I just like to see him run a more complex route tree. And then I also want to talk about Caleb Payday Douglas, the the receiver that I. I don't know what it is about this kid, but whenever I've watched him play, whenever I've heard him talk, I'm like, this kid is going to be good. Like, I I don't know what it is. Maybe it's his attitude and his always willing to uh, succeed and his all, and, or at least he's always sounding like he's willing to work to succeed. And he said that in Twitter spaces, you know, um, I believe someone asked him what his favorite route to run was. And he was just like, whatever gets me open. Like him and Ricky Pearsall had similar answers to whatever gets me open. Uh, Ricky Pearsall was more confident with it where he was like, I will get open on anything. So I don't care. Um, but Caleb Douglas was like, yeah, I'm learning to play the X right now, but I'm going to learn to play more positions as receiver as well. So I can, I can help out in more ways and contribute in more ways. So Caleb Payday Douglas is someone that I really like. Uh, offensive tackle, Austin Barber. Um, I, I think that Austin Barber is someone that, you know, a lot of people are not, overlooking I, I won't say that they're overlooking him but i will say that they're not prepared for him to be as good as i think he will be um once he's bumped up the trinity christian uh, academy player that he was very happy when trayon webb committed um but also barber you know i had prince Liam and Maylene on the show three months ago at this point three maybe four months and I was like, who is the most improved offensive lineman so far from last season to this spring ball for you? And he was like, Austin Barber, without a doubt. Like, that kid's going to be good once he gets everything down. So Austin Barber is someone that I have high expectations for, and I know a lot of Gator Nation does. Pass rusher, Prince Liuman Mialin is the guy that we're talking about who I just mentioned. Um, but Prince Liuman Mialin is a guy that I think will be very good, especially because he's been good in the small sample size. I believe PFF called him a... a small sample size darling or something like that because he dominated in his small sample size but we need to see you do it over an extended stretch and i think he will do it chief borders is another one where i think chief borders will take over that Britton cox jr spot but he will also add more versatility in terms of dropping back into coverage and letting this defense kind of open up a bit uh so i, I think prince Liam and Meline, chief borders leave the gators in good spot as pass rushers and corner same thing that we just spoke about, Jason Marshall Jr., Avery Helm. Both of those guys, I think, are tremendously talented corners, and I think that they're both going to be phenomenal. Like I, I think that the Florida Gators fan base, myself included, we were really bought in when the Gators had Luchas Purifoy and Marcus Roberson, when they had Vernon Hargraves and T. Sabor, when, when they had all these guys and they've had all these duos, we were really bought in on they're going to be great together. I think when you look at Jason Marshall Jr. and you look at Avery Helm, you go, they're going to be great together. At least I think they're going to be great together. I think they're going to be one of those duos where throughout their college careers, they're always compared to each other and and, and people pick a side about who's better and who does what better. Um, but I think ultimately you have to just go, Florida Gators are very lucky to have two corners that can be those building blocks and, and those, those future players there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with right now at corner. And then we're about to take a look at the 2023 recruiting class so far and how Florida is addressing these positions. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the 2023 commits 
And who can step in to be these building blocks for the Florida Gators? This is not talking about people who, you know, are our 2022 commits. So Max Brown, who I just spoke about, will not be talked about because he's already on the team. But 2023 players. And starting at quarterback, it's obvious who we're talking about. It's Marcus Stokes, who committed uh, eight days ago now. Uh, Yeah, eight days ago today. Um, And Marcus Stokes is, you know, the Joker, um, which is an awesome nickname. And he is on Twitter just just memeing away. Um, And he's like, hashtag come play wide receiver for the Joker, which is really cool, uh, especially when Florida did that already. But Marcus Stokes can do that again with the Gators and... I mean, look, watch this Wednesday's episode of Locked On Gators or listen to it where I had John Garcia on the show and he was talking about Marcus Stokes' play style. And he was like, you love him. He's like, he can make any throw. He can do these insane things. He's a backyard football player, which is amazing because that's what you look for now in quarterbacks. You don't look for a quarterback who is a backyard football player, but you look for a quarterback that can play backyard football. You look for Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, guys like that with a big enough arm to make any throw they need to make, athletic enough legs to be able to extend the plays, and that combination where you could extend a play too much and get yourself in some trouble, but you still have the arm to save you and bail you out, and that's Marcus Stokes, and and I can't wait to see him play. I'm very excited for him after talking to John Garcia about it, so I can't wait for it. Looking at wide receiver, Eugene Wilson III. Uh, look, here's the thing too. John Garcia, when he comes on Lockdown Gators, does not come on to show. He does not come on the show to gas players up if they don't deserve it. I mean, he he's very openly said he could do this, but he's got a lot of work to do. But Eugene Wilson III, he he had good things to say. He's like he's not the tallest guy, he's not the most refined guy, but he's quick. Like he's fast. And like I said last week when Eugene Wilson III committed, I was like he's so fast. He makes fast people look not fast. Like, like he is a speed demon over here. So Eugene Wilson III is someone that we are very excited for, and, and I'm very excited for, and I think he could be a great part where I don't think he plays much in 2023 if Ricky Pearsall's back because based on how everybody has described Eugene Wilson III, I've seen Ricky Pearsall play at the college level. We haven't seen Eugene Wilson III play at the college level, but based on how people describe Eugene Wilson III, he seems like he's going to fill a similar role to Ricky Pearsall. And so I think that's something to be happy about and something to be proud of and be um, have high expectations for. I'll say, looking at the offensive tackle spot, Florida Gators have Najee Harris, but he's an interior offensive lineman. Bryce Lovett is the three-star commit right now and could be the guy in the future. Uh, Florida Gators are also in on multiple offensive tackles. One of the biggest names being Peyton Kirkland, who is committing later this month uh, in about two weeks from now, where I don't think Peyton Kirkland will be a Florida Gator. I think he's going to be an Oklahoma Sooner or a Miami Hurricane. Um, I'd even venture to say that Michigan State is more likely to get him than Florida. Still, that is what it is. I can't win them all, right? But Florida is in on these offensive tackles as well. Bryce Lovett, I think, will be pretty solid. But again, they're, they're going to continue adding offensive line talent here. I, I'd expect I'd expect three or four more offensive linemen to come into the 2023 class for the Gators. So, And I'm sure some of them will be tackles or an interior offensive lineman. Bryce Lovett might not be the guy. I'm not willing to say he's not the guy. I'm not willing to say he is the guy. He might not be the guy. He might be. But the Florida Gators are not doing the offensive line. Pass rusher. 
There's TJ Searcy, who I don't think will be that player. I think TJ Searcy, when it's all said and done, could be. I think he could be that Zach Carter type of DNDT type of hybrid, where I'm fine with that. I think the pass rusher from the 2023 class, that's, or the player that's more likely to be the successful pass rusher from the 2023 class, is Isaiah Nixon. You know, he, he's an athletic edge rusher who is going to get to work with a great coaching staff that can develop these edge rushers. So I, I think Isaiah Nixon will be a player that we'll be talking about as um, I think fans will say, oh, he's, he's going to get eight sacks this year. He's going to get nine sacks this year. And he might. But I, I think that Isaiah Nixon is someone that I'm comfortable with saying he's the guy. And I'm comfortable with a quarterback, receiver, and pass rusher. I'm comfortable saying I think in the 2023 class right now, we have players that could be the guy. Looking at corner, there's Sharif Denson is someone that I'm not fully comfortable saying he's the guy. Um, not 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 a knock on him, but I, I think that he might have some struggles at the next level. Florida Gators are still in on Cormani McLean, regardless of what that hack Polkway has to say about it, where he's like, well, guess what? They're not in on Shut your mouth. Just, you're wrong. Just They haven't contacted him in months, and then Cormani's doing an interview and he's like no like like we've been in, like they're they're one of the contenders for him right now uh so it's just it just it's just dumb but Cormani McLean is someone who obviously if Florida gets him it's like well we have our shutdown corner so Florida's in on a lot of players that could be the guy I think at three positions they've already got that guy and and they're working on building out the rest of the class as well thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back Monday with more on your Florida Gators. Now make your second list in Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, right there, baby. Only with Lockdown SEC. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, that is W H O L E N I N E Sports, and follow us on YouTube. And check out GiantsCountryFSI.com, and I will see you all. Monday.